episode 018 of the Energy Edge podcast. This is Mirthu Parikh of Life is Organized, and if you're interested in finding energy in your life, then the Energy Edge podcast is for you, and I highly recommend it. Oftentimes, when we're struggling with our own motivation, it's because we've lost focus, and we've started putting our energy toward things that are not um, conducive to, to getting us where we want to go. Welcome to the Energy Edge Podcast, where we believe if you desire to get the absolute most out of your work and life, then finding your energy edge is a must. The Energy Edge Podcast will help you learn to leverage your everyday major activities into an energy advantage so you can work and live at an optimal level. So let's begin. Welcome to episode 018 of the Energy Edge Podcast. Today is an interview with Jamie Beckler. Jamie is a 20-year basketball coach, now a professional speaker, and we're going to discuss today the topic of motivation and how it affects our energy. I'm going to ask Jamie some of the following questions. When we struggle with our motivation, how do you see our energy being affected? How do you learn what motivates people? And what does focus have to do with motivation and much, much more? It's go time. I'm here right now with Jamie Beckler. Jamie is a professional speaker, leadership trainer, and executive business coach who lives in Atlanta, Georgia. He is also a John Maxwell certified leadership coach. Before going into full-time leadership work, Jamie served for 20 years as a college basketball coach and high school athletic director. When he left his last college to become an athletic director, he was the winningest coach in program history. He now travels the country working with coaches and student athletes to help teams develop their leadership potential. So, hey, Jamie, thank you for your time today, my friend. Absolutely. Glad to be here, Brian. And we connected through a common friend, Dr. Michael Nichols, if you remember that. Yeah, absolutely. At the, uh, at the conference in uh, Nashville, the Tribe Conference with uh, Jeff Goins. It you got it. Great, we used, great conference. Yep, and we used Dr. Michael, Michael Nichols to bring us together, so we can thank him for that. And for those of <laughs> you unfamiliar with Dr. Michael Nichols, um, awesome, awesome leader experts, and you can find them at michaelnichols.org, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. So, well, we're wired very similarly, and I love your angle of motivation, especially how it cor- correlates with energy, Jamie. So, uh, let's dive right in. You know, my first question for you is, you know, you are a basketball coach, which we obviously talked about in your bio, and you are constantly having to develop your players and prepare them for games. And, you know, obviously in sports, especially basketball, it's a long, long season. So what were some of the things that you did to help keep them energized and motivated through the season? Yeah, absolutely. Great, great question, Brian. You know, when we watch, we all like to watch sports or most of us like to watch sports on TV and, and we're watching it, you know, sometimes we just can't figure out why a certain player doesn't achieve their potential or, or why this player had a bad game or, or uh, why this player had a good game. And uh, a lot of times it comes down to motivation. And as a coach, you know, I always had to find a way to figure out what made my players tick. What was the carrot uh, that they were after? What was the motivation that would get them to play their best and, uh, and to go out there and perform? Because it's not easy. You know, even though uh, my athletes were very blessed uh, with some God-given abilities to, to run fast, to jump high, to, to put a, a basketball in the, in the rim, in the goal, you know, they, they didn't always perform to their highest. And so as a coach, I always had to figure what that, 
what that was. And, and one of the things, two of the big things that I think of right away is, is number one, you have to get to know, you have to make a connection with those people that, that are around you, that, that work with you, um, whether it's employees, uh, coworkers, or in my case, it was athletes, student athletes. And so I had to figure out how it was that I was going to make a connection with them. Uh, you know, the cliche goes so that they would run through a wall for me. Um, and I really didn't need them to run through a wall for me. I needed them to run through a wall for their goals and run through a wall, that proverbial wall for their teammates. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I wanted them to have the backs of their teammates, you know, because we're all in this together. And so I would try to make connections. I would try to figure out what made each one tick. And, and the only way to really do that is to spend time intentionally getting to know them. But you can't do that unless you yourself aren't providing energy, uh, aren't providing the enthusiasm, aren't providing the, uh, the means to get to know them. And so I had to come to work every day. Uh, you know, with a lot of energy, I had to come to work every day with a lot of enthusiasm to to attack this. And even those players, you know, if you have 15 players on your team, you may not like all 15 of them personally, or like each one of them as much as a different one. Uh, some of them play more than others. Some of them give you more headaches, but I had to come to work every day with the attitude that I was going to do all that I could today to add value to my players. And I was going to intentionally try to add value to my players. And I was going to try to believe in them and try to motivate them to the best of my ability. You know, uh, recently uh, Clemson won the national title in football and Dabo Sweeney, if, if you've seen him on the sidelines, uh, Clemson's head coach, you see him on the sidelines. He, he's their biggest cheerleader. He's their biggest fan. Uh, he certainly knows X's and O's of football, but he always is is coaching up his guys from an enthusiastic standpoint and and he had a great quote um that i actually read in a, in a john gordon book uh recently it's called people or the the quote was that people call him an overachiever but he's not an overachiever he says that he's just an overbeliever and he believes oh, that's good God. yeah absolutely he believes in the people that he's working with and you know you have me on i was a former coach for 20 years you know, not everybody listening is going to work with teenagers. They're not going to work with 19, 20, 21 year olds, but everybody's going to work with somebody, uh, whether it's an employee or a coworker, or even a boss. And you have to believe in those people that are around you. Um, and not everyone's going to be gifted as well as each other. You know, not everybody is at the same level giftedness, but everybody can be motivated. Um, and, you know, I go around a lot speaking to people all across the country, uh, trying to motivate people. And, and at the end of the day, I can only motivate so much, uh, but the discipline of people keeps them growing. Uh, the, you know, the motivation kind of gets them going, discipline gets them, uh, you know, keeps them growing. They have to have something inside of them, but you have to tap that. You have to figure out what it is that they want out of life. Where, where do they want to go? And with my players, that's what I had to do. What was it that each of those 15 players wanted out of their basketball experience or their college experience. And I had to tap into that and I could motivate them to, to go along that path to, to get them in the direction. But I had to know what direction they wanted to go to, to help kind of push them down that hill to get that, that snowball rolling a little bit. So Jamie, that brings up a good point. So how does somebody, if they don't know their own motivation, how do you help find that? And, and that comes back to that very first point of you got to make a connection uh, with the people that you work with. And in my case, it was the student athletes. And we would have individual meetings. 
with student athletes where, where I would get to know them. Uh, I got to know their family situation. I got to know them during the recruitment process. You know, what did they say after their high school games? And that gave me kind of a, uh, kind of a clue as to what they were thinking, a clue as to where they wanted to go with their lives. And so you just do a lot more listening than you do talking. And uh, it's, a, it's amazing how much information you can find out and, and how much uh, future motivating, motivational techniques you can discover just by listening a little bit. And so that's what I would do. I would listen a lot to my players, get to know them, and then figure out what each one needed, uh, you know, what each one wanted and what each one needed. And, and then we, uh, we went about devising a strategy to help them with that. The same as if a player can only dribble with their right hand, but they need to also dribble with their left hand. We would develop a strategy for that as a basketball coach. We would also do the same thing motivationally. And, and you find a lot of people, not everybody's in it for the love of the game, you know, at, at your job. Not everybody's in it because they love this company or love the culture. Uh, some of them are just in it for a paycheck. Uh, for my players, some of them were just in it because it paid for school. Some were in it because their, their dad or their mom wanted them to play or their boyfriend or their girlfriend wanted them to play. And so uh, there was a lot of different motivating factors for each one. And so we just went ahead and, and worked on trying to get to know each one of those uh, players. Yeah, and your job obviously is not necessarily to critique somebody's motivation. If somebody in the, in the business world is strictly just out for money, you know, it's not a matter of whether they're right or wrong. It's obviously trying to leverage that to motivate them. So, but when we struggle with our motivation, Jamie, how do you see our energy being affected? Yeah. You know, if uh, we, we see it all the time, you know, sometimes we don't want to get out of bed or sometimes we're, we're going through the kind of the doldrums of work. Maybe there's uh, you know, the ebbs and flows of work and maybe we're, we're in the Valley or maybe it's just kind of gotten monotonous. And uh, maybe our boss isn't even uh, someone that's a good motivator. Maybe they're just really a manager and not a leader. Um, and sometimes we just have to pick ourselves up. And, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to that, you know, a lot of times where our focus is, that's, that's where, that's what's going to, that's what's going to take precedence in our life. Uh, Tony Robbins, great motivational speaker. Uh, I love it when he says, where your focus goes, there your energy flows. Uh, say that again. That's a great quote. Yeah. Where focus goes is where your energy flows. And so when we focus on something, that's where we're going to put our energy. And uh, a lot of times people get distracted by st stuff or people have a negative opinion about stuff because they're focusing on the negativity or they're focusing on that distraction. Uh, when I was, when I was growing up and I was in high school, it's probably ninth, 10th grade. And I heard a quote on, on CBS sports. And I thought it was the greatest quote ever by a basketball player. He said, obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off the goal. And I actually, I wrote that out on a piece of paper, cut it out and put it on the, my ceiling. So I would see it every morning. Obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off the goal. And what happens is a lot of times we stop focusing on where we want to go. We stop focusing on what we need to do. And we start focusing on, on this negativity. We start focusing on these distractions to the right or the left. It's like a, uh, a horse uh, in, a, in a horse race. One of the reasons they have the blinders on is so that they're focused straight ahead toward the inline, toward the goal, uh, not toward the right or the left, not toward all those, you know, the, the ladies with the pretty hats and not toward the, uh, you know, the funnel cake salesman and the corn dog salesman, you know, uh, they're, they're focused straight ahead, not on the right or the left where the distractions are. And so 
oftentimes when we're struggling with our own motivation, it's because we've lost focus and we've started putting our energy toward things that are not um, conducive to, to getting us where we want to go. Um, you know, so we have a boring job or we don't have a lot of motivation to get to go to work during the day. Well, the reason we don't have that is because we've lost sight of how important our job really is or how we can add value to other people. Um, you know, you go into work, it might be boring, but how can you make it less boring for somebody else? So take the focus off of your negativity, take the focus off of your woe is me attitude and how can you add value and make someone else's day better and all of a sudden you'll realize, or before you know it, your day wasn't as boring anymore. And you probably made someone else's day pretty exciting too, or at least more uh, manageable. So now that you're a motivational speaker, obviously not doing coaching anymore, Jamie, you know, what do you see or maybe some of the hindrances that when you're talking to people who are trying to improve in their motivation, what are some of the things that you're saying or what are some of the things that you're hearing? Yeah, uh, one of the main things is just uh, self-responsibility or, or taking responsibility for what happens to you. You need to take responsibility for that. You know, if you have a boring job or if things aren't going well, yeah, there might be some things that are, that are hindrances in a way that you can't control, but we can always control our attitude. Um, you know, I think back uh, Thanksgiving, I went on a long trip for Thanksgiving and I came back and... Uh, uh, I I'd, I'd got a rental car and uh, I came back to the rental car place. I, I gave him my keys and then I went to get into my, my personal car that had been at the rental car company. And lo and behold, I have two flat tires on my regular car. So I go, and it's already a bummer to go from a brand new rental car to your own car oh, as it is. And then absolutely. add two flat tires. Nice. Yes. Because my, my personal car is, is, is dirty. You know, it's got a snicker wrapper or, you know, uh, uh, it's got dirty, dirty stuff on the floorboard, you know, it's, it's not as, it doesn't smell as nice, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff, but it's got two flat tires. So I go into the, uh, to the rental car place and ask them if they have an air pump and they do, and it has to be the slowest air pump in the history of air pumps. And it takes me 20 minutes, 20 full minutes to air up my two flat tires. Well, while I'm doing this, all I can think of is what a terrible air pump this is and how dare them give me this terrible air pump. And then toward the end, I, I like just like essentially smack myself in the face and say, what are you, what are you thinking about? They didn't have to give you this air pump. And if you had called a tow truck, it would have cost you money and it would have probably been more than 20 minutes. Well, I get in the car, I finally get in the car and I go to the tire place. I hit almost every red light imaginable, you know? And so I'm thinking to myself, gosh, is there not a green light anywhere in this town? And once again, it's like this slap in the face. It's like, you have to be more thankful for the green lights that you get in life, but we're constantly focused on the negativity. I was focused on, you know, the fact that this was a slow air pump, not the fact that I actually had an air pump. I was focused on the red lights, not the fact that we get green lights more than we get red lights. It just, we look at the negativity of it. Um, what ends up happening in our lives is we tend to take the victim mentality. We take you know, anything that happens bad to us. We feel like, Oh, woe is us. That was going to happen to us. And instead turn it around. How, why are we not thankful? We're thankful about the things that happened to us. Um, you know, 
even the things that we can't control, I couldn't necessarily control the two flat tires. It just happened that I had two nails or a nail in each tire. I didn't know that. I couldn't really control that. But I can control my attitude about that, and I can control how I handle that situation. Um, and in that case, I didn't handle it real well because I, I got a, a bad attitude about it. And, uh, you know, when I go around speaking, a lot of times I, I like to quote one of my favorite philosophers and, and literary scholars, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates nice. of the Caribbean. Absolutely. And I know you're a big movie buff, so you've probably seen the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I have nice. And uh, well, Captain Jack Sparrow has a great quote that says, the problem is not the problem. The problem is our attitude toward the problem. And oftentimes, you know, I face this even as a, as a basketball coach. Sometimes the problem wasn't that a player wasn't playing. The problem was they got a terrible attitude that they weren't playing and they stopped working hard so that when their opportunity arrived, they weren't ready for it. Um, and Jamie, that's such a good point because if our attitude's bad, then everything is going bad and then we become very unmotivated and it's a downward spiral that absolutely slaughters our energy. Would you agree? Yeah. Why, why should I work hard anymore because I'm not going to play or I'm not ever going to get a chance? Well, all you have to do is be a, you don't even have to be a real sports junkie to know that injuries happen, that things happen. And eventually people get their chances in sports all the time. It's the same in business. You know, we, we look at it, well, I'm, I'm in this cubicle for my whole life, or I, I got passed over for this promotion. Yeah, but things do happen. And we have to be ready for those. And oftentimes, what we do is it's, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy or, or we say it'll never happen to us. So then we're not preparing ourselves for when the opportunity comes and then it doesn't happen to us. And then we're like, see, I told you it wasn't going to happen. Well, you're the reason it didn't happen that, you know, eventually because you weren't prepared for when your opportunity came. And, and that's something I see all the time when I'm out speaking to, to students or even businesses is that they don't take responsibility for the things that they can control. They, they want to point fingers at, bl you know, blame others, point fingers elsewhere. They want to focus on those things that they can't control instead of focusing on those things that they can control. And a lot of that just comes down to, you know, it's, it's an overused cliche or a phrase, but mental toughness. And mental toughness really is just positive self-talk. Talking to yourself positively um, to help you along with the goals that you need to accomplish. So speaking of mental toughness, if we, let's say that we don't have a leader or somebody who's in charge of us who is a great motivator or one of those situations where maybe it's just a bad motivator, how do we start to begin to develop some mental toughness or start to get to a spot where we don't always see the negative and we start to focus on the right things that can give us the motivation and the energy that we need? Yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that you've talked about on, on other podcasts about, uh, you know, getting your body right, exercising right, you know, drinking plenty of water, getting pr plenty of rest, um, you know, having positive things in your life. Those are, those are kind of the basics that you need to have. But from a mental standpoint, you know, little things like smiling, you know, we don't think about that very much. But that's something we can choose to do all the time. We can choose to smile. And, and I'm not even talking, you know, I'm not even talking to like Will Ferrell in Elf, you know, where, oh, smiling's my favorite. Guys. <laughs> I'm not talking necessarily that, where you, where you just have this big Kool-Aid smile on all the time. 
but you're essentially smiling and making people's days better. You're, you're lighting up a room when you go in. As simple as when you answer a phone, you smile when you answer a phone. Um, your attitude, if you can make yourself positive, lots of good things can happen. I know when I would come into work uh, as an athletic director, I would come in and I had a secretary. If I came in in the morning and, and she was there or when I greeted her, in the morning, if I greeted her with a smile and with a lot of positivity, then she tended to be more positive during the day, which actually then added value to others because she was the face of our, of our department. People would come see her before they came see, to see me. She would answer the phone before the phones got to me. And so, you know, those are the kind of contagious type things. It's, it's amazing what you can do when you have enthusiasm, when you, when you have a pleasant demeanor. That can be very contagious. Um, you know, the old adage, you know, your mom might've said is kill him with kindness. Well, not quite kill him with kindness, but you know, smile, be kind to one another. And, and that's, that's kind of cliche ish. That's kind of, uh, uh, you know, hunky dory kumbaya ish, but it really is amazing what can happen when you're more optimistic about things. Uh, there was actually a study, uh, a study at, at, uh, at Duke university, they did a study that said optimistic people actually get paid more. Uh, they win more at sports. They get elected to office more often. Um, all that kind of stuff. And, and all you have to do is look at examples like Steve Jobs. And I know he was mega, mega rich guy, really bright, more of a genius than I'll ever, ever be. But he, one of the great things that he had was his ability to inspire people through being optimistic. Um, you know, they used to, they used to talk about his optimism and that he had almost reality distortion and that he would distort reality to the fact that people believed that they could do anything because he was so optimistic. And, 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 you know, if I had to choose between optimism or pessimism, why would you ever choose pessimism? Why would you ever choose to go around being negative unless you don't want to really achieve any goals and all you want people to do is feel sorry for you. Um, and, and you're right too, because Jamie, there are, unfortunately, there are so many very, very gifted, pessimistic people. I mean, they've, they're graduate level. So if somebody is struggling with self-motivation, what are some ideas that they can do? I mean, obviously you mentioned about the smiling and the positive attitude. Is there anything else? Is it maybe looking back at some things that used to motivate them and seeing if there are still areas of motivation or what are some tips that you could leave us with? Yeah. Uh, take, take uh, baby steps you know, take some baby steps. You're, if, if you're really struggling with your attitude, if you're really struggling with negativity, you know, you're not going to change it completely overnight where you're never going to have uh, withdrawals or you're never going to fall back into that behavior, but you can choose. A lot of this is choosing and you can choose that you're going to start today. Um, and then if you screw up, then you know what, you're going to choose to start tomorrow and little things like putting post-it notes on your mirror, uh, little things like listening to more positive things on the way to work. How many times do we have this long commute and we complain about this long commute? I had, when, every time I ride in a car, I'm listening to a podcast. Um, I'm listening to something that's positive. I'm not necessarily listening to the radio for music. Uh, if I'm waiting in line, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily on my phone looking at everything on Twitter or Facebook to see what people are eating that day. I might be reading an ebook or I might be reading an article from Inc.com or Forbes. I'm always trying to learn. 
But those are kinds of things that you can now feed your mind with so that you start to change your mindset. Because once you, once you change what's in your mind, then your actions are going to soon follow. And, and a lot of times what we do is we wait for motivation uh, to get us going. When the fact is we have to act ourselves into feeling rather than, you know, kind of feel ourselves into action. You know, if we wait until we just feel better, then it's never going to come. We have to. Oh, that's good, Jamie. Then that's a really good point too, is how much of motivation is a feeling. And sometimes it's just a matter of a reality. We did an episode called the aha moment and just talking about awareness, honesty, and action. And like you're saying, first time, sometimes we just need to be aware Am I not motivated right now? Is my focus in the wrong place? Do I have a bad attitude? And then just asking why, how bad is it? And then being willing to do something about it. And to your point, sometimes just a matter of just going, I'm just going to action myself into this. (laughs) I know that if I listen to something positive, get around some positive people, knowing that the motivation will actually affect my energy. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I don't have a magic pill when I go out and speak to people as a motivational speaker. Um, you know, and, and I'm not quite, you know, Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins that's going to kick somebody in the butt necessarily. But, you know, it really comes down to, are you going to choose to change your direction? Are you going to choose uh, which way you're going to go? Um, you know, and a lot of times what we're looking at is we're like, well, you know, we can't change our destination overnight. You know, I can't lose 300 pounds or, or lose 200 pounds overnight. So what's the use? Yeah, but you can change your direction overnight. Um, you know, your destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction can. And, and it, all it takes is daily choices. And, and those habits, you know, we are what we repeatedly do. Um, you know, those habits are what we will end up being. And, and so if every morning we get up hating life and hating our job and we have negativity to start with, then we're going to struggle to ever change our direction. Um, but, you know, if you have a post-it note on your mirror, if, if, you know, if, if you're a person of faith and you have a Bible next to your bed um, and, and you hit that Bible, you know, when you wake up, if, if you do, uh, if you have a podcast in, in the car, you know, things like that, if you have those kind of things, then those are intentional things that are going to help you now change your direction, uh, which will eventually change your destination. And that's good, Jamie, because at the end of the day, I mean, it is self-motivation most of the time. And a lot of the times we do know what could change our attitude or change our focus or change our motivation and just being willing to make those changes. So that's good. Any closing thoughts that you have that would like to leave with us? Well, yeah, I'm not sure it's a, the greatest quote, closing thought, but what you just said, we, like, I know water is better than the diet Dr. Pepper that I went out and bought at 11 o'clock last night. Like, I know I went out and got an ice cream cone and a diet Dr. Pepper, and I know exactly that I shouldn't have done that, but I wanted to do that at that moment. And so even though people know what to do sometimes, sometimes they don't do what they're supposed to do because what we want now sometimes overtakes what we want most. Imagine that. And, and, you know, but even though that happened, that doesn't mean that now all of a sudden, you know, okay, I took a step back or I did something maybe I didn't need to do for my body or, or to give me as much energy as I needed, but tomorrow's a new day. And today, Hey, wake up, ready to go, sun shining, or it's overcast. It doesn't matter. It's great to be alive. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to do the best that I can today uh, to be a better version of myself. Um, And so, you know, I don't know if that's a, 
you know what, like I said, I don't have earth shaking stuff um, as a motivational speaker, but a lot of times what it comes down to is what do we want out of life? And, and are we going to take responsibility for our life in, in those actions and, and the habits that, that we develop? Well, and Jamie, I think the reminder is, be- is best. And I think just hearing about this and the reminder of our motivation is effective where our focus goes, how easily our attitude can go in the wrong place, you know, ways that we can become self-motivated and that we have control of that. You know, it's these choices. It's the baby steps, you know, to quote uh, Bob Wiley from, uh, from what about Bob, you know, baby steps, the elevator. You I know, it not, is. I did not know if you would pick that up. But oh, come on now. Did. You know, when I was in college, uh, not like any of your listeners probably want to know this, but when I was in college, the very last class I ever took was uh, on mental health. And we had to do a, uh, a video presentation from like a movie or a documentary or something. And I decided to do something different. I did what about Bob, but I didn't show a video clip I actually acted out two video clips all by myself. So I played different hats, which, which, you know, I played uh, Bob, I played Bill Murray and I played Richard Dreyfus in, in my own little one person act. So uh, that, that might actually say something about my mental health. <laughs> nice. Steps. I wish there was a YouTube clip that we could put that on the show notes. So that was before the internet. Uh, lucky for you, unfortunately for us. Well, Jamie, I really appreciate this time and the information, especially helping us just to look at the direct correlation between our motivation and our energy. If we are not motivated during any part of our day, we're going to look at see, man, our energy is going to be dragging and therefore our results and what we're trying to do. And even to your points, you know, of affecting other people around us. So thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. And uh, we're grateful for that time. I enjoyed it. Thanks a lot, Brian. We believe sleep is foundational to develop an energy edge. It's challenging enough to be productive and creative, especially when you're tired or even exhausted. But what if you had a quick guide to give you a jump start, something to point you in the right direction? That's the exact reason for the sleep guide called Sleep Your Way to the Top, 10 Secrets to Getting Better Sleep. To download your free copy, visit www.energyedgepodcast.com. That was www.energyedgepodcast.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. Now, back to the podcast. Let's dive right into our interview breakdown. Brian, why don't you tell us a few things or at least one thing that uh, really stood out to you during that interview? I know there was lots. Yeah, well, I left left the interview motivated, ironically enough, considering that was the subject du jour. But uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I think Jamie had a number of really, really powerful quotes, some that he'd used from somebody else and some that were his own. One that he brought up that Tony, Tony Robbins had uh, quoted saying was, where focus goes, your energy flows. And I absolutely love that line tree, especially with our whole niche in energy edge and just how true it is. I mean, how many times and how easy it is for our focus to be on the negative which then affects our motivation, which ultimately affects our energy. And I found that, you know, like he said with Jack Sparrow, you know, the problem isn't the problem. The problem is our attitude towards the problem and just how often I focus on the negative, which affects my motivation. I don't feel like doing something and then my energy is just tanked. What about you? Well, I'll, I'll piggyback off that, you know, talking about focus on negativity. One of the quotes he said, and it was from a basketball player. I don't know if you remember who it was, but he said he wrote it. He actually wrote it down. Uh, and it's obstacles are what we see when you take your eyes off the goal. And, you know, when, when we do that, we start focusing on the negativity 
and all the distractions. And then we lose our motivation because we've lost our focus and talk about, uh, when you lose your motivation and your focus, talk about no energy. And I've been there, you know, in, in this period of time in my life where there's been lots of changes, getting out of bed sometimes is hard. And if I focus on the distractions and the negativity, oh my gosh, my energy is terrible start of my day. So, um, I love that he said that. Um, and then he starts talking about taking your focus off of yourself and making someone else's day better. So talk about, I felt very motivated after his <laughs> interview, which I have with all of them, but this one in particular, I felt very motivated. So yeah, and it's, I think to your point, Trevor, you know, it's so easy to focus on our own things. And he even gives the example of, you know, returning a rental car and then all of a sudden, you know, the flat tire he's got in his car and, you know, complaining <laughs> about the pump. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm, I've been there. I've been there. And it's just amazing how quickly we can just hijack our own energy where our focus is, but then to how naturally sometimes it is we start to focus on the, on those negative things. And I just, I thought this was a really, really good reminder for us, just the direct correlation between motivation and energy. And there's so many things, Trevor, that we just don't realize that, that suck our energy, whether it's our emotions, you know, like we talked about, you know, with Aaron McHugh or whether it's mm-hmm. just being tired or whether the food that we eat, or in this case, the motivation. Right. I love that. So what we like to do now is give you just two simple practical tips of action steps that you can take in this. And I would say the first one is this. He talked a lot in there, which I loved about smiling. So if you could just be mindful of putting a smile on your face throughout the day, w- watch what happens. It's crazy. Um, so, so smile, that's one of them. Can I add, then, can I, can I add to that? I love yes. just doing that in an airport just to see how people respond. And it's amazing, <laughs> you know, just, you're just going by and, and uh, just kind of smiling, some, smiling at somebody, just the countenance change that it makes in them and hopefully just a little burst of energy. So I, I like that one, even though it, it kind of feels cheesy and he even said that, but I think, I think it's a really good one to try and just to see how it affects people. It, it is. And if I can say real quickly, you know, in my triathlon and marathon days, somebody told me just smile and see what happens when you're in the most pain. So I did that one race thought it was so talk about cheesy. I thought there's, that's kind of silly. But as I was running and I put a smile on my face, I got more cheers and like encouragement on the sidelines than anybody else that I was running around. So it really makes a difference. That's awesome. That's a great, great, great one. Number two. Number two is, so every day, just pick one person that you're going to deliver positivity to and see what happens because talking about changing your energy level, watch what happens when you deliver positivity to someone else. And he mentioned that in there too, walking in and being positive and all upbeat and encouraging to his secretary or his assistant. So try that. Well, thanks for making it to this point in the episode. We want to give an episode preview of episode 019, which is dealing with the subject of water. It's kind of like the watered down truth about hydration. And uh, Treva, we promise everyone that we will not make this a dry episode. Isn't that true? Uh-huh. Exactly. All pun intended. So, but we will discuss how little water we drink, you know, some watered down lies that we actually believe about hydration, um, some benefits of drinking more water, um, even the different types of water that's out there and are some better than others and uh, ways that we can add more water into our day. So we'd like to give a rate and review shout out. And today we'd like to highlight Dr. Nick Howard. And uh, Dr. Nick Howard says, I really enjoyed listening to the Energy Edge podcast. Brian and his co-host, Treva, are real. 
have an engaging style and provided me with some excellent insights that I'm gradually using to increase my energy edge. Looking forward to more of their good stuff. And you can find Dr. Nick Howard at finishwellgroup.com. And it's great content. And uh, Nick, I really, really appreciate your shout outs here. Thanks for your time. Thanks for making it to this point in the episode. We are thrilled that you took the time to work on your energy today with us. If you feel like this episode was worthwhile, please pass it on to somebody else. And if you're willing to do a rate and review, as you know, we would be willing to do a rate and review shout outs um, from your time and effort into that. So thank you. We'll try and do better next time. Go and get your energy edge on today through your motivation.